Welcome back to the epic world of Nadcat. Remember that, Jim? Oh, goodness. So, I suppose tonight we're going to be doing a special edition episode of Katya Rants About Chemistry. That'll be fun. Um... So, I just got back from Chem Lab. It was a great time, except for it's terrible in every aspect. So I'm just going to tell you about the many things that have made chemistry difficult. So first off, we take a quiz after every class online. This online software is proprietary. It's We're one of the first classes to use it. It's supposed to make teaching organic chemistry so wonderful and easy and fun. Instead, it makes it completely dysfunctional. Like when I know the answer to a problem, but it grades it incorrectly. Or it randomly deletes all my answers every time I go to a new question. Or it doesn't submit any of my answers even when I was correct. Or it doesn't show me if I got a question right or wrong. Or literally anything else, because it's all happened, and we've only had seven classes to take quizzes for so far. So that's great. Honestly. Ugh. Okay, and then getting, getting on to lab, the real thing that's been irritating. So like, first week. Lab. Boring, but not too bad. All we had to do was build molecules of different, or models of different molecules. Literally is fine, except we didn't have chairs, so we were standing the whole time. But not too bad, like, other than the standing the whole time thing. Second week, our lab is with solubility. So our job is to have a clear liquid, either water or hexane, and then add in other types of liquids. They're all different alcohols. They're all also clear. Then we have to mix them together in a specific way that we never got to practice, to see if they become one clear liquid, or stay two clear liquids. At the same time, we have to wear these goggles that for some reason, when there's even the slightest bit of heat or humidity in a room, instantly fog up and blind you. So, we're trying to tell if something is one or two clear liquids, but also, we can't see. Doesn't that sound like a fun game? Literally, I went to the bathroom about halfway through the lab, and I took off my goggles, and I was like, what's this weird black goop all over my glasses? It was mascara. It got so humid inside my goggles that my mascara had come off all over it, and I hadn't even put it on that day. It was just the leftover bits from the day before. I was like, huh, no wonder I was completely blind. No more mascara on lab days, I guess. Oh my gosh. Because it's always hot and humid, and there's nowhere to stand, and our goggles blind us. So this week, I expected no less misery. I didn't expect significantly more misery either, and that was my mistake. So we get into the lab, and it's pretty straightforward. I was actually kind of excited. We're working with a machine that tells us that helps us see, like, the melting point of things, and the machine actually seems to be working well as we start to get into it. So for our pre-lab, we had six different substances that we had to, like, research and, like, write down the melting points for. And then we were, for the lab, we had to do two controls of two of the substances, and then we had to, 
we had a mixture that was like nine parts of one or like 90% one substance and 10% of the other, and then the reverse for our fourth mixture. We were supposed to test the melting points of all four of those. And like before we did it, we were supposed to hypothesize, etc. Well, you see, we got in there and we started working. We tested our controls, right? We were figuring out how to do all this stuff because we spent like an hour or like 45 minutes in lecture learning about intermolecular, uh, intermolecular forces as part of the lab. Then by the time we actually get into the lab, we have to learn how to use all the equipment, how to set it up and stuff because it's new technology that we've never used before. It's not too hard to learn, but it probably takes another 20 minutes or so. So we're like thinking, yeah, we're pretty good on pace. Then the instructor is like, Yes, so you should be testing all six molecules. And, like, he's, he's like, trying to tell us to do something that's completely not in the procedures. So we're like, why would we do that? It's on the procedures, and it's going to take a ton of time. So he is t- saying this, and he's like, you should be testing all six mo- molecules for which for what their melting point is. And we're like, but we already looked up their melting points and stuff. Not out loud, but, like, in our heads. We're really confused. And then he's like, then we are like, okay, so... We already looked up the melting points, so we'll just write down the melting points that we looked up as the melting points for those things. It's not a big deal. He just isn't thinking about it, right? So we go and we work on the mixtures that are supposed to be like 90% one thing and 10% the other, and then the reverse. No. Of course not. It's never that easy. We get up there and there's labels, mixtures labeled 1, 3, 5, and 7, because they can't go in numerical order or make sense or anything. So there's four different mixtures. And there's only supposed to be two. So we ask him. He's like, what, we're like, what are these mixtures? He's like, those are the ones from your lab. So it turns out he has a completely different lab from us that has, like, completely different procedures. So he's been telling us to do things based off of one procedure while we've been working off of a completely different one. Now, mind you, our procedure had us testing four different substances and doing, like, one final little thingamajig at the end in the course of three hours for, you know, including the time we spend in the lab lecture and then, like, learning the equipment and doing all the tests and stuff. His has us doing all six, so that's already more than four, plus testing four different mixtures twice because we don't know the basic ranges to test those within because we don't know what they are. Because you have to, like, set the melting point at a certain temperature, so you have to figure out approximately where it is, and then you have to do a more exact measurement. And it takes forever. Literally. And also, we've been apparently not even doing the right lab for the first half of class. So now we're down to like an hour left, and we have 14 different tests to run, and it takes forever to cool the machine down between each test, like 10 minutes to cool it down between each test. So literally, there's no way to actually get all this stuff done. So we're working and working and working, and eventually we just decide to share data with all the other groups without telling the teacher, kind of. He kind of knew, kind of didn't, I don't know. We got a lot of our own data. Other groups didn't, and they just all left early. And then I felt stupid because I was like, wow, I'm like the last person here because I was actually trying to do this lab. And everybody else is like, oh, yeah, we'll just cheat like the wind and then leave and just make things up and go along with it. It's, like, so frustrating. So I'm for sure talking to my chemistry teacher about it tomorrow. But now I'm self-soothing with orange vanilla coke and chili cheese Fritos. So life is feeling a little bit better right now. Also, for breakfast tomorrow, 
There's little hash brown triangles, which are delicious and crispy, and bacon, which they actually make well, which is surprising because a lot of their other breakfast meat is, like, not impressive. But, yeah, that's the story of that. Wow. Um. Oh, I took my anatomy quiz. You know, the one that I was really worried about? I got a 98%. Woo! And the thing that I missed, I personally think was pretty poorly labeled. It was, I don't know if you know, if you've seen like pictures of a, like compact bone tissue. But basically there's like all the cells sit inside these little lacunae. So the lacunae are like the holes and then there's a cell inside of them. And we had a diagram that like we were supposed to pick like labeled things from and it had a big circle around the lacunae. So not even like, so normally when it's a labeled diagram, if it wants you to pick osteocyte, it points inside the lacunae because that's where an osteocyte is, not circles the entire thing, which I thought was a pretty clear indicator of a lacunae. But I got it wrong. So it apparently must not have been correct. But it's fine. It's half a point, and all the other people that I talked, or I didn't talk to them because they're all sophomores and I don't know them, but all the other people that I overheard talking were like, I got an 87. I think that's pretty great. So I'm pretty happy with myself. On the other hand, Benny forgot when <laughs> Benny, our chess playing friend, um, forgot when lab lecture was. And I think Rabbit also forgot. My roommate is out of my room right now, which is surprising. I'm glad that she's... I mean, I'm not glad that she's not here. I don't mind when she's here. But I'm glad that she's hanging out with people. I invite her to come do things sometimes, but she's not really into it. Michelle's a pretty quiet person. So, I'm glad she has people. She did watch Legally Blonde with us one night. That was fun. But I think we might just be too... I don't know. Alive? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the word is. The first bio exam was this morning. It sounds like... I mean, I didn't take it, obviously, because I'm not in bio, but it sounds like it was pretty rough for a lot of people. Basically, everyone was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I failed that, except for Benny, who didn't study at all, and was like, yeah, I totally aced that, free points. <laughs> Whatever. Um, 
I just tried to open my Coke and it exploded. Not like actually exploded, just like leaked out a little bit because it got, it must have gotten shaken up a little bit. Um, yeah, life is good. I miss my kitty. Captain is not here. You know what he does now, apparently? Apparently, every time they start to set the table for a meal, he goes and he sits in my chair like a human. Like, like he knows, like, oh, it's dinner time. I better go to my spot. He's ridiculous. Ooh, there's drama in the... There's drama in the church bulletin or something in the church merch group chat. Let me see what's happening. I'll let you know. So... Something about popcorn... Somebody's brother is gluten and dairy free now. Oh. Somebody's brother has Crohn's disease. Oh, like, um, health. Ulcerative colitis. <laughs> did she tell you about that? I'm sure she did. Yeah, so Palf has ulcerative colitis. That's a good name for her, Palf. So many of our friends come equipped with their own names. Um, I brought my Lunar Chronicles coloring book and I'm kind of in the mood to color it. And I... But that makes me think. You know what happens in like less than a month? It's actually going to be like... 14 days or something. Like, literally, like, two weeks. Ah! Rebel! I'm so excited! And, like, I think we even get Tyrant's Tomb before that to hold us off, so I don't know if I'll be able to get it from the library soon enough, but, like, super excited. I'm not, I'm not that intense on Tyrant's Tomb, but I literally am getting Rebel pre-ordered from Amazon so that it'll get here the day that it comes out. Because I don't want to wait a second without it. Did I tell you that, um, Lisa likes legend and um the lunar chronicles although she has not finished winter which is disappointing like i have two friends here that have both read the first three books of the lunar chronicles and they never finished the fourth book and i'm like people you can't just do that to me i need to be able to talk about all my feelings here this is like you asked me like oh you also like this thing? How do you feel about it? And then I have to tell you how I feel about it without spoiling anything that's from the biggest feels book. So I'm trying to talk uh, Lisa into reading Renegades so that I can scream about Supernova because...
I'm so tired right now, like physically, because the whole like thing that I said about the chemistry labs where they don't have any chairs, that's still a problem. So like, even though the compounds have compounded, the problems have compounded. Wow, the compounds have compounded. That makes a lot of sense. Good job, Katya. The, so first week it was no chairs. Second week it was um, uncomfortable temperature. Third week, it's just flat out like not even the same lab that we're doing. It just gets effectively more depressing every time. I feel like I should actively actually try to be productive so I could like let you listen in on me filling out my anatomy textbook it'll probably just be a lot of like rage screaming ish first orgo test is on Wednesday love that Okay, I'm gonna get my anatomy book. Come with me. It's a sojourn. I've been sitting on the floor and my book is on my desk. It's an impossible distance to cross when you've been standing for the past three hours being miserable. Miserable, I tell you. But I do have my uh, 0.2 millimeter pen that I can use to write my anatomy book. It's like my favorite thing because I tried using my regular pen and um, it got all smeary. So now I use my 0.2 millimeter pen and multiple people have commented, how did you get a computer to print your answers? Or like, how did you type your answers onto the page? And I said, I didn't, I wrote them. And they think like, whoa, because I have neat-ish handwriting and when I write in this super small pen, it looks like a human couldn't have written it apparently. That's pretty cool, in my opinion. Anatomy Lab is my only class tomorrow, and it's actually not the most miserable thing in the world. Like, it's kind of like you just get to sit around and, like, look at things, and, like, write in a book and not talk to people. Basically, like, homework time, but there's people available that can answer your questions, like, while you're there, and you're getting points for being there and participating, so... Not the worst thing in the world. It's the quizzes that are stressful. Okay, so we're gonna start with the clavicle, friends. The collarbone. The thing that Palf broke that made her not able to breathe. Apparently, if you break your collarbone, I learned this in anatomy this morning. If you break your collarbone, there's like the subclavian artery and vein, and it can like, because it's, so basically why we were talking about it is, it's a long bone, and long bones have a really good, they're really good at resisting like, um, forces parallel to them, but horizontal or like perpendicular forces, they're not as good at resisting. So the most of our long bones, like our arms and our legs and stuff, go straight up and down because that's what all the force they're absorbing. But our clavicle is horizontal, so it gets a lot more horse or perpendicular forces applied to it. So it's the most commonly broken bone in the human body. 
and it has a bunch of important arteries right by it and it's a long bone and skinny and it gets broken a lot so it can basically like be like a knife and like snap your arteries so that's fun i have to figure out what distinguishes a right clavicle from a left clavicle but i don't want to do that i guess i can't do that until i'm in lab tomorrow so i just have to like label things that i can label Ugh. I freaking hate this. Yeah. Okay, everybody in the group chat is... Oh, I see. Tria asked, Sam, did you knock on my door? I swear someone was knocking on it while I was sleeping. It wasn't Benny or Jacob. Sam said, no, I was with Liv. And they're like, it's a thing. Have you, have I told you about the thing? I think they told you about the thing in the last podcast. Basically, they're all convinced that the school is haunted. <gasps> I forgot. So, time to, you're going to go on a little research trip with me. I was, like, trying to dig around for, like, some, like, weird thing the other day. I was, like, trying to find an article. And one of the things I clicked on was, like, this alumni newsletter from 2012. And I had all these, like, urban legends about steel cops. Like, they were all pretty lame things generally. Like, the first woman who graduated from steel cop was, like, this lady. And it was, like, nope, she was the first woman to be enrolled. Actually, she dropped out after junior year. The first woman was this. And it was kind of, like okay that's depressing it wasn't even like those are like urban legends it's just like things that people might sometime think that aren't actually true but this was actually cool there's one that was the reason that like lectures are primarily monday wednesday fridays and labs are primarily tuesday thursdays is because of the world's fair they went from like an all day like class structure with more things in the evening um to that was so that people could go, like, hang out in Forest Park after dark, like, relax and stuff during the 1904 World's Fair, and they didn't change it back for, like, a hundred-some years. But I did see something. That was about, like, a ghost thing. So... Aha, here it is. Whipley Hall. It was supposedly haunted. So let's, let me find the page again. I just googled Steel Cop Haunted. The Haunted Hall. Whip- Whelpley Hall is haunted by its namesake. Some claim that if you study his painted portrait from one end of the lobby to the other, his haunting eyes will follow you. It's a common illusion in photos, but I'm not going to tell my friends that. Henry Milton Welpley is one of St. Louis College of Pharmacy's most revered historical figures. An alumnus, he served as the sixth dean of the college for 22 years from 1904 until his death on June 26, 1926. Unlike other steel cop legends, which may have been sprouted from some minutia of truth, this one can be traced to no one. Dun dun dun! Henry Milton... Welply. Let's try that again, because my computer went haywire in the middle of typing that name. Henry Milton Welply. Hmm. 
that's not helpful. Let's try... Oh, I just want to know what Wilpley Hall is, because I don't know that place anymore. It must have been something that was around in 2012. St. Louis College of Pharmacy, Wilpley Hall. Oh, also, apparently our building where we have classes was built to look like a shoe factory, because when they started the college, it was like in the middle of the shoe factory district, which apparently there's enough shoe factories in St. Louis to have a whole district of them, but they built, and just in case, like, the whole college thing didn't work out, they, um, oh my gosh, Welpley Hall was the building that used to be here, like, and they tore it down, to build our new residence halls. Oh my gosh. I need your help. Nadia. This is serious. I have the opportunity to play like a prank of a lifetime on my friends. I need to find out a way to like lead them to start thinking. Of, okay. So they already think the place is haunted. I need to provide them with like information about Wilpley Hall. What's a really. Okay. Google, help me out. How to convince friends of haunting. Five easy way to trick friends into thinking a place is haunted. But this is, they already think the place is haunted. I just want to, like, scare them even more. I don't know why they're all so superstitious. Stare at something next to them. Really? Okay. Hide a metal nail in their belongings? No. Tell them that an old person was looking for them. I don't think that's gonna work well. Um. Reddit, I want my roommate to think our house is haunted. No. Google is so unhelpful. Seven creepy signs you're being haunted by an actual ghost. <laughs> the internet is great. Objects moving on their own. Then strange sights. Those seem like they would overlap a little bit. Feelings of being watched. Phantom mania. Feeling like someone is holding you down in your sleep and waking- Okay. Persistent electrical problems. Unexplained sounds and cold spots. Also known as drafts that happen in a bunch of houses. So, a live picture of the demolition. Okay, never mind. I'm sorry, I may have accidentally revealed something I wasn't supposed to. Um, anyway, back to researching Welpley Hall. Nadia, I need your help. If you have any ideas, please, please let me know. Okay. Yes, literally, this was the building that was torn down to make our new res hall. Um, let's see. 
project requires the demolition of Wilbley Hall. When did this happen exactly? 2015. So it's really only been like four years. Wait, wait, wait. This is creepy. Okay. So July 9th, 2015. So The Welpley guy died on June 26th. That article was published on the date of his, on an anniversary of his death. That's creepy. That's creepy. In 2015 I'm like so into this now. Um I wish this, like, because the only place that I can actually find information about Wolfley Hall being haunted is in this, like, random alumni newsletter. It's about, like, urban legends and steel cop. But I feel like that's, it's from, like, 2012. And I feel like now that the building's torn down, nobody's going to know about, like, if the building was haunted or something. So... Honestly, I should probably what I should probably do is just tell my friends that I was looking for something and I stumbled upon that information and that would probably freak them out significantly. I guess that works. I'll let you know how that goes. At some point I do want to try to hide a uh, portable speaker in Rabbit's room cuz he's the one who's making the biggest deal out of this and just start playing like creepy violin music or something at like 2 a.m. I think that would be hilarious. I'll wait till his roommate's gone for a weekend though so I don't disturb anyone who doesn't deserve to be a little bit disturbed. Okay, sorry, now that I got, like, completely sidetracked for, like, however long that was. Let's see, what else I can do? Oh yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what the heck of the acromial end of the clavicle is. Gosh, isn't school just fun? Also, how am I supposed to tell the difference between a right and a left clavicle? I don't understand... Okay, let's see. The acromial end is the end without, is the curvy part. And the curvy happy part. Okay. So.
And then I'm assuming that the sternal end would just be the other end. So I guess I figured out a couple things. So far, anatomy has probably been the most demanding course. Chemistry has probably been the one most consistently irritating, although I also think it's like the actual material compared as compared to like the frustration with like the actual setup of the class and like the lab and stuff. The actual material of chemistry has actually been surprisingly interesting. Unfortunately, just kind of sucks that like everything else is miserable so the conoid it's uh, the conoid tubercle conoid reminds me of like like a con man which makes me think of neil caffrey so now i'm going to think about neil caffrey and clap and collarbones at the same time oh and that's not good because then how will i be able to focus on anatomy besides his Ooh, la, la. Oh dear. Clavicle anatomy. I would like to know what the costal tuberosity is. Just gonna assume it's that one, cause that's the only place where I can think of where ribs might articulate with it. Do you love my singing abilities? Question mark. I do. My friends think it's hilarious that I just randomly start singing things sometimes. I'm like, guys, you don't understand. I'm not being funny. Like, this is just a thing that actually happens. I get so bored with actually, like, the work that I'm doing that I just stop doing. <laughs> I just stop doing work and start singing the work instead. I can't say it's my proudest moment, but... Okay. The acromion is that thing. I gotta figure out what direction I'm looking at this thing from. So this is a posterior view. Okay, so I've got... Okay. Let's just think this through for a hot second. I've basically got the other side of the shoulder. So this is the acromion. We're going to commit to that. The coracoid process. Coracoid process. Okay, okay. I see what it's doing there. The coracoid process is kind of all curved up in on itself. Happy-go-lucky like that. It really bothers me that coracoid isn't spelled C-O-R-O. -O. It's spelled like Cora, like the little girl from my work. Or like, um, Cora, like from the 39 Clues series, like Jonah Wizard's mom or something. Why do I remember that detail? Why do I, why is my brain? Why am I so worried about remembering things like where the carotid canal is and yet I can remember completely effortlessly the name of some random book character's mom from a book that I read in sixth grade. Help me. 
The glenoid cavity. I, I actually remember this one. My mom was like obsessed with this. She doesn't remember all that much from anatomy, but the things that she does remember, she loves to like say over and over and over again. Okay, the inferior angle, as opposed to the superior angle that thinks it's better than everyone else. The inferior angle is very humble, but tends to be looked down upon by society. This is boring. I'm bored. You're probably bored too. Or you're laughing at my pain. One of the two. The supraglenoid fos- Oh, the infraglenoid tubercle. I am going to have to find the supraglenoid tubercle at some point, but not a supraglenoid fossa. Ah, this is better. I found one that's like exactly what I need. Okay. Mostly. Um, let's see what's up with that. What's going on with the infraglenoid tubercle? Infraglenoid tubercle. It's just a random tubercle under the glenoid fossa, apparently. Is that just a satisfying explanation for everybody? I guess we're just gonna commit to that. I was kind of hoping it would be something more interesting, considering how hard it was to find, but... Oh, I just wrote infraglenoid tubercle. You know what, I don't want to scribble it out, so I'm just going to leave it and pretend that it didn't happen. Nobody will know. It's fine. Infraspinous fossa! Woo! I'm trying to make this more exciting than it actually is, because it actually kind of sucks. But he was a rabbit... It, it wasn't chess friend, it was a uh, smash friend. So Rabbit was quizzing me today before my anatomy quiz. He was like, he started going through it and he got through like one page. He was like, wow, we're really making good time. And then he realized that the lab was like 30 pages of just like tables of things to memorize. He was like, I'm going to have to do this next year. I was like, yep. He was like, sorry, I'm out. I quit. I can't do it. He's like, I'm done. Goodbye. Okay. I think I'm going to go ahead and commit to number 27 being the infraspinous fossa. Okay. The lateral border is actually an easy thing. I like that. I like easy. It just means the side that's lateral. <laughs> and the medial border is actually also pretty easy because it just means the side that's not lateral. The side that's medial. What? The spine is not super hard either. We're onto things that I actually like learned at one point. Now the subscapular fossa. Subscapular fossa. 
subscapular fossa. Don't you love my singing? It's beautiful. Okay, so the subscapular fossa is on the anterior side, whereas the other is on the posterior side. What was that called? The infraspinous fossa. I see. Que interessante. The superior angle. Ah, well, I didn't even, when I made the joke about the inferior angle, I didn't even know there was going to be a superior angle. I just assumed that that's what they called things, because sometimes anatomy does that. But this is the angle that thinks it's better than everybody else. Yeah, I've been Googling a lot of anatomy things lately, like superior articular process and things like that. My life is boring and a mess. I'm probably going to go soon because I realize that I'm probably being really boring. Okay. Superior angle, we're just gonna put that right there because it's the only other thing that's a curved line and it has to be a curved line and that makes sense for it to be there. So we're just gonna commit to that. The superior border, that's easy. It's like Canada. See, look, you're learning things that you probably will never need. The supraglenoid tubercle. Well, what if I don't want to? Supraglenoid tubercle. Yeah, cubicle, tubercle, whatever. <sighs> Words are hard. Also, they suck. It's fine. Everything's fine. I'm not dying or anything. Just a little bit. I still have to write a strongly worded email to my chemistry teacher about the disaster that was tonight's lab. I wrote tubercle again. I literally hate myself. The suprascapular notch. Wait, I, I think I just heard Sam come in, so... Or not Sam. That's that's my other sweetmate. Lisa. I think I heard Lisa come in. Um. Never mind, I'm not sure if I did anymore. If she did come in, I was going to maybe share with her about the whole haunting thing. But, um... Yeah, it's, I kind of wish I could, but I'm mostly I'm just, I just want to see Benny, or Rabbit's reaction. For, it'll be completely over the top, everything I deserve for this fantastic research. Okay, I still need to know what the suprascapular notch is. Suprascapular notch. 
super scab your notch. Okay, so which way is that even facing? What the actual heck? Okay, so the acromion is usually on the back, so this is the posterior side that we're looking at. So it's that little hole there, super scapular notch, easy peasy. And the supraspinous fossa, because obviously I'm going to know that one too, is, oh, that's actually pretty easy, because I know what the spine is now, so above the spine groove. Okay, I can actually do this. Now here's the problem. I have labeled all 15 terms, and yet there are 32 things to be labeled on this. So now I have to figure out <laughs> that they're all used like a million times. Let's start with the angles, the inferior angle. That's a relatively easy one. So I've labeled that one in every picture, so I think I'm good to officially cross it off now. Okay, the acromion. I labeled that one in the top one. Now I can label it here. Acromion. And what does it look like from the side? That is a good, good question, Katie believe I believe it was a Tuesday when I cried. I forgot to send you the song ooh la la it is a great song I'm sending it to you right now I can sing you a piece of it if you would like I mean I'm sure you would deeply deeply appreciate that I wonder if I can play it while I'm recording let's try so short story shorter it did not work to play the music while I was recording. Obviously it wouldn't, but whatever. Um, but I, I, I sent it to you anyway, and it's like super catchy. It is rocking my world right now. I love it. It literally like brings me a ridiculous amount of joy. Coracoid, what a dumb word. Oh, I hate that word. Stupid word. Nadia, save me. You need to drive to where I'm located and bring interesting things and make me happy. I'm gonna go ahead and assume that that's the glenoid cavity on this side, even though you can't really see the part that's a cavity. Whatever. I just do what the internet and the book tell me to. I think the infraglenoid tubercle is good, because you could only see in that one picture. The infraspinous process, or fossa, should be good, because you should only be able to see that in one picture. The lateral border. Let's chit-chat about that one a little bit more. Lateral borders are always the curvy one. It's the curvy one. Whereas the medial border is the boring one. Wow. Sounds like I could be being really shallow right now, like if I was a shallow dude. Crud, now I have to figure out what it looks like sideways. 
that's difficult. But let's think, let's think reasonably here for a second. So that was lateral, and that was the glenoid. So if I made the glenoid face me, then I would make that go over there. Wait, what? This whole side is the lateral border then. Why is it pointing out two things to me? Why? Why do you do this? Why Why you do this? This is stupid. The whole side is the lateral border. It is the curvy side. Because now it's facing me. I don't understand. And what is the random stick thing that it's pointing out? Oh, that's the spine. I see. Okay. I can do that. I can live with that, I think. That's the super scapular notch again. And that is the spine again, and I've labeled the spine in all the pictures, so I can check that off my list. The subscapular fossa should only be in that one. All my things from the... Okay, so I just... Oh, okay, that's the superior border. Obviously, Canada's border is superior to all, so I don't know why we're talking about it in our shoulder, but whatevs. I like shiny things. I'd marry you in paper rings. Uh huh. That's right, darling. You're the one I want, and I hate accidents except when we went from friends to this. Uh huh. That's right, darling. You're the one I want in paper rings, in picture frames, in dirty dreams. Oh, you're the one I want in. Mm -hmm. Okay, so for tomorrow, I'm just going to circle 16, 17, and 20 and say, Yo soy confused. I'm going to commit to that. Even though I'm pretty sure it's got to be a lateral and medial border, I just don't know exactly what's going on with that. Oh, humorous, sweet. I actually know stuff about the humorous because I've had to learn it before. Of course, I'm not going to remember any of it, but whatever. Honestly, this is probably the most boring episode I've recorded. I could just make this weekly thing where I just do homework and chat about it and say random things that I think about as they happen. That's the sound of my brain not working anymore. Mondays are a long day. Gosh. Also, I was accidentally up to like 2 a.m. yesterday. Oopsies. So, I'm actually like super tired, so I might just hit the hay. I think I've gotten quite a bit of recording under my belt, so hopefully this is enough of my soothing voice, and I will even try to record again later this week because I know I owe you many hours of my voice. Also, I will try to listen because I'm trying to be more responsible. And yeah, so I will save you the misery of listening to me try to learn things about the humorous.
and I will say good night, Nadia. I bid you adieu.